0: What? <laughs> 902 Brewing Company is the official beer of the Wager Pager podcast. Our friends over at 902 are putting out some of the best local craft beer in the Garden State. Log on to 902brewing.com to check out some of our favorite beers, like Juicy City IPA and Path Pale Ale. Or come grab a growler at the 902 Brewing Company tap room opening soon on Pacific Avenue in Jersey City, New Jersey.
1: Are you tired of losing at sports betting? Start winning with Kingpin.pro. With Kingpin.pro, you can follow proven sports bettors and handicappers. Each user is required to put in their picks prior to each game. Kingpin scores and ranks users for total winnings, not units, as well as win percentage. This gives you, the sports better, the ability to follow not just winning cappers, but more importantly, consistent winning cappers. You can easily get instant notifications of picks by downloading the Kingpin.pro, iOS, or Google Play app. Download the app and register with promo code WAGER. That's promo code WAGER, and you'll get a 10% discount off your purchase.
0: Get pumped, get psyched. It's the Wager Pager podcast with Chris Rogers and Brock Landers. Here we go.
1: What's up, guys? And welcome back to the Wager Pager pod, where we talk sports gambling, make picks, and conduct must-hear interviews with some of the sharpest minds in the industry. I'm your host, Chris Rogers. You can follow me on Twitter, at Wager Pager Chris, and please follow the podcast on the gram and Twitter, at The Wager Pager. This is Season 2, Episode 15, recording live from Van Vorst Film Studio here in Hoboken, New Jersey. That's right, we're coming to you from the mecca of sports gambling, our home state of New Jersey that won the Supreme Court battle and made the regulation of sports betting all possible. We have another great episode for you guys this week. We have first-time guest and fellow podcaster Will Brinson. Will is the senior NFL writer over at CBS Sports and the host of the Pick 6 podcast. And of course, we got college football week 14 and NFL week 13 picks coming your way. But first, joining me, my co host, one of the sharpest gamblers I know, my guy with 13 New Jersey betting outs, and someone who knows his way around the sports book. Here he is,
2: the Popeye Jones of gambling Twitter, Brock Landers. Very nice reference, Chris, another former Dallas Maverick. Popeye Jones, uh, I could go off to a whole Popeye Jones rant, but I don't think anyone wants to hear Ladies that. Please do. Uh, but yeah, Popeye Jones, believe it or not, played for the Mavericks. He coached for the Mavericks. He now uh, coaches bu- for the Pacers, I believe. Yeah, I was going to say, he, he's now uh, an assistant somewhere else. And uh, funny story, I know a girl who dated his son, supposedly his son, really good hockey player, believe it or really? not. Really? Yeah. Yeah. How tall is he? Uh, that's a good question, but I was shocked when she said that. She said that she uh, dated Popeye Jones' uh, son, and she was like, believe it or not, he's a really good hockey player, and he might go like try to play professionally somewhere. I forget what college it was. This was a while ago. but Wow. She, she was like, do you know Popeye Jones? I was like, of course I know Popeye Jones.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who doesn't know Popeye Jones? Yeah. Brock and I are doing a little double duty this week. We're uh, we're just finished recording another podcast. You guys should check them out. It's uh, Picks from the Yard. They're our studio mates. You guys can follow them on Twitter, at PFTYpod, and download them wherever you get your podcast from. Really good guys. We had a, a really good time doing it.
2: Yeah, that was a lot of fun, Chris. Something different, uh, you know, different format, different, uh, you know, guests and people to talk to. And uh, it was a lot of fun, especially, too, with a a loaded college football card this week, loaded NFL. It's Thanksgiving. Uh, You know, what more can you ask for? It's the perfect time to uh, to bet, eat, and uh, have some good times with some good people. Thanksgiving week is here. The best week
1: and the best month to gamble sports. November, that is. A lot of big things going on. What about the Baltimore Ravens, Brock? Are they world beaters now? Are they going right to the Super Bowl? Is Lamar the shoe-in for the MVP? Because they destroyed the rams monday night
2: yeah chris it's it's hard to uh kind of debate it i think at this point they've had uh impressive wins but i'm gonna look to start fading them uh, you know that's what you do everybody's on them uh their 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 stock is as high as it can possibly be right now and hey for good reason i'm not saying that they're you know they're frauds or you know any of these wins are bad wins or anything like that they're doing great but you get to a point where from a betting aspect. Uh, The number gets too high each week, gets inflated each week, but I tweeted about it last night. I think you saw that. Every year in the NFL, it seems like you'll get one of those just against-the-spread killer teams that doesn't matter what the spread is. They're just going to cover the number uh, and go on about their business. And you know, teams like that are dangerous to, to keep betting against. You'll lose money pretty quickly. Recently, what comes to mind, Kansas City of last year with Mahomes, they were laying crazy points on the road, crazy points at home, and they were covering those numbers with ease. And you even look back a little bit further, to that crazy fifteen and one Carolina Panthers team, uh, I remember betting against them most of the season. I think I only maybe had one game right where they they finally uh, you know didn't show up and cover the spread, but uh, it happens. And and right now, I think you're right. Lamar's got to be MVP. Uh, Russell Wilson's had a really good year. Michael Thomas has had a really good year. Not a lot of people talking about Mike Thomas. Oh, he's a beast. Yeah, McCaffrey's been very good, but I, I do think Lamar is just. She's on another level right now, almost like Mahomes was last year. Just everybody else behind him.
1: Yep, yes, sir. Uh, the new leader in the clubhouse for the uh, the favorite to win the MVP, and the, the Baltimore Ravens are now dropped three to one. Only the Patriots have better chances than them.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of that MVP, I know a guy who's got a lot of money invested on Lamar Jackson MVP. That's right. You were telling me about that. if uh, If he ends up cashing those tickets, I know he's placed a lot of money over the summer in New Jersey books. So I'm sure he'll come out to New Jersey to collect his money. Maybe we can get him in here. Maybe we can get him to do just a quick phone interview if he can't. But this guy's got a lot of money out there on Lamar Jackson.
1: That would be awesome, man. I would love to pick
2: his brain. Yeah, and I asked him, too. I said, did you have him on Points Bet? because they already paid out those wagers? And he said, unfortunately, I did not place oh any action <laughs> with Points Bet because when he was here over the summer, he went to FanDuel – he went down to uh, AC. He might even went to Monmouth Park, I think. So he was just going to, to brick-and-mortar places. No no points bit obviously. has no books around here, but uh, just on the app.
1: So he's, a, he's an out-of-state guy, obviously.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, he lives in Vegas. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Professional? So, yeah. I, I talked to him, and he said uh, he's not one for, for doing interviews and stuff like that, but uh, he said he's heard the show, he likes us. I, I do talk to him from time to time, and he said he would he would consider it. Wow, yeah, heard the show, huh? Yeah, it's, absolutely.
1: It's a weird concept. I uh, sometimes think that we're just sitting here in the room talking in the mics. it's it's always nice to uh hear that people actually no, listen we, to
2: the show. We've got fans <laughs> on gambling Twitter. Yeah, people know us. People we listen to us. We got we, a little clout.
1: Yeah, it, you know, the, the ball's been rolling, man. The, the Wager Pager brand is out there. And, uh, you know, who knows what, what happens in the future, man. This is just the beginning. Yeah, uh, uh, absolutely. I don't even I don't even think I've had the chance to thank you yet on, live on the air. I really appreciate you coming on board, oh. being part of the Wager Pager family. You've really helped uh, bring this show to the next level. And I can't thank you enough, man.
2: Absolutely, man the pleasure is all mine happy to uh, to be here every week and and you know give a nice 60 minute performance with you and uh, you know hopefully we're we're in, we're getting some better uh, people out there that are listening and and picking up on some of the stuff and even the interviews i tell everybody listen to the interviews even if you get one important thing out of it that you maybe didn't learn before you're you're already ahead of the curve and that's how it happens i mean You know, people will ask, how did you get into this? How did you get so knowledgeable of it? You get to a point where you want to listen to everything about it. You want to hear from the pros and you want to read the books that are, you know, required and you want to pick up, you know, all the knowledge that you can. And that's how you become better at it. And five, 10 years later, you're going to be a much better person that bets on sports than someone that just starts. So the more you listen and learn and follow people on Twitter, you're only going to help yourself in the long term. One
1: thousand percent, Brock. That's the formula. That's the idea. That's why we bring these guys on so we can learn from them, so the listeners can learn from them. It's, it's, it's been a pleasure this whole this whole year doing the podcast, Season 2, um, new format, new producers here. Uh, thanks to the guys here at Van VanVorst Films. Yes, they been terrific. It's Thanksgiving terrific. week. I'm just yeah. thanking everyone right now.
2: Yeah, we're <laughs> thankful for Van Voorst, that's for sure.
1: So what else is going on in your sports gambling uh, space? Any bad beats, any big wins from the past
2: weekend? Uh, you know, Chris, it's been pretty steady. I've been pretty happy with the way things have been going so far after baseball. You know, getting to the point where it's pretty much a lot of college basketball basketball, uh, a lot of NBA totals. They've been very good to me. And, uh, you know, like I said, the, the older I get now, the more I gravitate away from the NFL sides, uh, which is crazy. Cause I mean, growing up and, and growing up as a better in my twenties, it was my favorite thing to do was to go and watch all the games and bet on every side and, you know, do this. And now I see it and I'm like, Oh yeah, I just can't wait for this to end. But the other thing is, too, I mentioned that DraftKings contest. We're getting into the nitty gritty there. I've got about 20 picks left. All right. At about 63%. All right. So, need to kind of keep it rolling here. I would like to get to maybe uh, 40, 44, 45 out of 70 would be amazing. We're doing pretty good at keeping pace there. So, that's actually occupied a lot of my time. I'm kind of looking forward to like week 15, week 16, and get over with that. So
1: Now, is there a leaderboard? How does that work? Is it like, like Circa and Westgate? Is it posted it's for weird. people to
2: see? It's It's only posted on the DraftKings app, and I think you can only see the top 100 or maybe the top 150. You can't go through all 900 and whatever it is, 89, I think it is. Um, so you can't go through all of it, and I think unless you're in it, that's really the only way to see it. Really? Yeah. It changes every day. Where are you sitting? Top 100? 150? Uh, I'm top 200 right now. Damn. Not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, It could be better. It could be a lot worse. But the thing is, too, there's a lot of different strategies people are taking. So right now, the people that are in the lead are finished like there's right. there's people up there with 40. That's why I'm saying 40 ish because that's right now what the leader is. But there could be people lurking down in like the you know the 400 areas that still have another maybe 40 picks to go. There could be all kinds of crazy uh, strategies for this. My only strategy, I'll be honest with everybody, I hate week 17 with a passion. Yeah, it's the worst week. So back. I went into this contest already knowing go a little bit heavier, knowing that you're not going to be playing week 17. So. We
1: probably should have let the listeners know the format. Can you touch on that real quick? I don't think we've talked about this on the pod yet.
2: Yeah, so actually we talked about it when Captain Jack was here in studio. He's the one that kind of presented it to us, and I heard about it a little bit. But long story short, it was for New Jersey residents only. Got to have the DraftKings app. It was a live, uh, I'm not sorry, not a live pool, but it was a pool that you had to enter, and it was basically like a super contest. But the, the idea of it was... Um, you could pick as many games as you want each week. It's just you are allotted from week four to week 17. You have to make 70 picks in order for your your entry to count. So if you wanted to pick one game in week four, you could do that. If you wanted to pick all 10 games in week four, you could do that. And the thing is the the contest numbers come out on Wednesday, the lines. And for the most part, some of them are, are very different by the time you get to Sunday, obviously reflecting on that. But, yeah, there's people that are taking all different types of ways. There's people that blew out all their picks already. I've been kind of going with the, like, I started off quick just taking closing line value the first couple weeks, and now I've kind of just narrowed it down to maybe three, four picks a week, maybe five. So I'm kind of keeping the five-per-week type thing into it. But there's people all over. There's people that could be maybe 400 right now, and they haven't lost a game, and they maybe have, you know, 40 left. So it's really hard to see. I'm interested to see who's going to take it all uh, as far as that, but if I could place in the money, I'd be more than happy. And uh, what do they pay the top fifty? I think it's actually it. I think it's a million split up. So I think yeah, it might be top one hundred or something wow. like that. All yeah, right. yeah. Hey, we're rooting for you. bro. Yeah, we're hoping. We're hoping. I've been taking it very seriously the last couple of weeks, so I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing.
1: All right, guys, uh, this is one of the best weeks there is to bet on sports. Tons of Thanksgiving. NCAA college basketball tournaments going on, often far away, beautiful places like Maui and Myrtle Beach, stuff like that. Tons of action. This is a football-focused show, but definitely check out the college games this week and keep in mind the tip time. Some of them starting real early and you don't want to miss a game you like. But let's keep the show moving here. We got a great guest this week, Will Brinson. Get pumped, get psyched. This week's interview with Will Brinson is proudly presented by our sponsor 902 Brewing Co. 902 Brewing Co. is located here in Jersey City, New Jersey. Right now I'm sipping on a Campfire Imperial Stout. It's actually the favorite beer of former guest Captain Jack Andrews. Campfire Imperial Stout. Holy smokes! We layered this Imperial Stout with some of our favorite dark malts to bring out a very roasty flavor. Graham cracker in the mash, lactose in the boil, and marshmallow and cacao nibs in the tanks make for a sweet, easy-drinking imperial stout.
2: What are you drinking, Brock? Tonight, Chris, I am drinking, since we're in Hoboken, I took the American IPA known as Heaven, Hell, or Hoboken. It's a 6.5%, and it's one of the flagships from when it all began. Heaven, Hell, or Hoboken IPA lays down a straw-colored, slightly sweet base malt with that long-lost hop bitterness. Classic to the style. It has flavors of pine, dankness, grapefruit, and citrus. It's Heaven, Hell, or Hoboken from 902 Brewing Co.,
1: All right, guys. This week's guest is making his first appearance on the pod. He's the senior NFL writer for CBS Sports, the host of the Pick Six podcast, and a fellow sports gambler. Here he is, Will Brinson. You guys can follow Will on Twitter at Will Brinson. Will, welcome to the Wager Pager.
3: What's up, guys? Thanks for having me on. Happy to uh, happy to be here. While <laughs> as we were connecting, I, <laughs> I've got I got a I got Western Michigan minus nine, and they go for a field goal. They got blocked. Nearly the box, so uh, it's fitting to do a, a wagering podcast as a uh, as action is unfolding.
2: Absolutely, and that's always the best time to bet, right? Maxion. Will real quick, give us a little bit of background on how you started betting, or what interests you as far as you know, looking at point spreads and stuff when it comes to sports.
3: Oh uh, well, um, I mean, I, I was I was I was bet on sports way before. Um, way before I ever started writing about sports, obviously, you know, back in college I and mean, you had a guy, you know, he cruised by, you know, you, you know you, 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 I guess God, I was in 99 to 03 and, you know, you would have back then, you know, you're texting in or not even texting in, you know, you're calling and you're, you're, you to call in every single, every single bet. It's always, it's always fun too, because you're, you know, if you're, if you're down, you're trying to, you know, like it's now you, now you got these, the locals of the, the websites online, right? And if you're down, you can, you can go in there and throw in your Sunday night parlay to try and, to try and miss that payout number and you don't have to call it in and like let them know that you're doing it. I mean, everybody in our crowd used to, you know, bet on those sports in college. So that's sort of how we got into it and, um, always, always, uh, you know, did it, you know, I mean, you know, periods where you're on or off, and now you know clearly uh, it, it's come back into mainstream, and so it, it makes sense, I think, to be involved in knowing what's going on, and, and I'm I'm of the opinion that you got to have you got to have some skin in the game if you're going to be talking about betting on sports. Like I don't I don't have any, I don't I mean I don't, I don't mind if you know somebody knows what they're talking about and isn't actually gambling, but to me it's a little odd that you would that you would be in on it if you weren't actually you know betting on the games, if that makes sense.
2: Oh, 100%. Absolutely. Now, you kind of just touched on my next question a little bit. With legalization right now, I mean, you know, you look back 20 years ago. Did you ever think it would get to this point, the boom that we're seeing right now and how it's almost everywhere?
3: Oh, no, never. I mean, it was, I mean, it was taboo to like, Right. I mean, I I don't think I was at the forefront of like mainstream, you know, I mean, I'm I'm not taking claim for anything. I'm just saying like, you know, you would, there were not a lot of people that, uh, were, you know, in my profession that were writing aggressively about sports gambling in the context of these games and these outcomes and all this stuff, uh, you know, back when I started. I mean, it was like sort of a side market, you know, I mean, almost uh, taboo to talk about it in, you know, within the context of of sports writing. You know, you would mention a point spread, but you we didn't have when I started we didn't have people knocking out picks on, you know, every single game and um, you know, like every single week. Like I do I do two or three picks post a week, right? Every pick against a spread for, you know, one of my one of my picks and then we do also we have our you know best bets of the week. Like we just you just didn't you didn't do that back then. And so it's just changed tremendously even over the last five years where now it's like you can't turn on the freaking TV and watch ESPN or, you know, any network, you can't go to a site without hearing it referenced. And and I think it, it makes sense because, you, you know, even though, like, it was always sort of right on the fringe, right? I mean, there was, even though, you know, it was it was against the against the law and still is in many places, like, you would go to, like, a party and, like, you know, your, your buddy's dad would be talking about it. I mean, like, everybody, everybody sort of in on it, right? And so that, that to me, was always uh, interesting. It was kind of fun to be an early adopter in terms of a sports writer who did discuss the gambling lines.
1: Very cool, man. Very cool stuff Uh, from Will Brinson. You guys can follow Will on Twitter at Will Brinson. Yeah. You mentioned that um, you've been writing sports for a long time. When did you realize that you first wanted to be a sports journalist? And then when did you actually start talking about gambling after that?
3: Well, I mean, (laughs) so my sports writing career is really, uh, I mean, it's definitely different. Like I didn't go to J school, journalism school or anything like that. Um, I started, I was finishing up college and working for my dad at his law firm and, uh, was, started writing on message boards and doing columns for, now he's uh, Matthew Berry for ESPN. He the time with Talented Mr. Roto, you know, Talented Mr. Roto, and he has a website. And, uh, I was, I was writing for that website and, uh, then eventually got working at, uh, AOL Sports' fan house. And, you know, it, it sort of parlayed into something bigger with CBS. And, uh, you know, it, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, like it was a, you know, it was just a, like, it, like it's, it you got lucky and, and I don't know if it's even possible to really like understand how, how nascent the internet was back when this all was happening. Like, th- you know, this, I was doing this stuff before the like deadspin was, you know, ha- like deadspin wasn't born. Deadspin popped up during the time and now deadspin has died, oddly enough, but it's just, yeah. I mean, like you know, I sort of worked my way up through literally from the bottom. Like if you talk about somebody who goes to a football team and is the, you know, is the towel boy like that. I mean, that's sort of, sort. I mean, I'm not praising my work ethic here. I'm just saying like, that's, I didn't have some path where I went to college, went to J school and then jumped to a new, like a a high profile beat gig or anything like that. I, you know, had to work up through the internet. And, you know, when you do that, you find, I think different and creative ways to approach what you're going to write about. And one of those is certainly gambling. And when, you know, when you would have, now people do this all the time, right? Twitter reactions and stuff. But like when we first started at CBS, you know, we would do, you know, reactions to that, like like the end of a game and they would do crazy traffic because, you know, people were like, people were searching out that content and it just hadn't been there before. And so you, you tried to fill a void, Like, like at the end of a game would alter a point spread or, or would flip like fantasy seasons. And, and so like that sort of content I think resonated and that, and, you know, I, I tend to think off the wall a little bit and out of the box. And so I think that ended up helping me and, you know, got lucky along the way. And so, um, I guess here we are like 15 or 20 years later, which is very bizarre.
1: Wow. Tremendous stuff. Uh, as an early adopter to the sports gambling content world, uh, what do you like see in the future? How do you, how big do you think this thing is going to get? Cause we're, we really just got it started
3: yeah when I say earlier doctor, I don't mean to like I don't want to get gambling twitter mad at me or anything I'm no. not saying I'm like you know, <laughs> so oh, you just you know like you wouldn't have traditional columnists like the guys who were the columnists at CBS would not reference point spreads in their discussions, you know like when you know when we started working there, and so I think that part is different, and now it's like very commonplace to to incorporate it in there but yeah i would I would say uh I mean I don't I don't know I don't I don't think the saturation point is is here anytime soon because what's happened is you know these states have opened it up right and they've made gambling legal and the first thing that we've noticed with these states is that the money the revenue I mean this is a no bleep Sherlock situation but the revenue they're getting from opening up making gambling legal is, is through the roof like they're making tons of money and they're making tons of money very quickly in the hand people are flocking to gamble there and if you can do it mobily it's even better because you know you can sit in your house and you can bet legally and you can deposit into an account I mean it's no different, and we can say this now, couldn't say it for a little while, but like, it's no different than DraftKings or FanDuel, right? You're depositing money into an account, and then you are trying to produ- predict the outcome, the particular outcome of a game, right? I mean, it's all, it's all the same thing, right? It's, you're trying to utilize skill to a degree, and, I mean, look, it's not all, it's not all perfect. I mean, look, neither is the lottery, though, and that's legal everywhere. Uh, but I would say that, the, to quote Michael Jordan, the, the ceiling is the roof. I mean, there's no there's no like there's no on this right now it's it's almost like the very early stages of craft beer when because like when i was in college you know you would go like if you if you had some cash you'd go get like a six-pack of sierra nevada and that was you know maybe like now sierra nevada there's like a whole like aisle of sierra sierra nevada beers and it was just sierra nevada you know you'd like hey get me some sierra nevada and it would be a, you know, the green six-pack that was the extent of like craft beer back in the day. Now it's absurd, right? And it's going to take a while before that bubble bursts. And g- the gambling thing is even different because there's so much money changing hands that I think you will absolutely see continued growth as it continues to expand into different states, and we're seeing a, it's 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 funneling a bunch of money back into the, the media economy, as it were. You know, it's creating more jobs, more video positions, et cetera, et cetera. Radio spots, people are doing podcasts. You know, I mean, like it it, it just it, it opens up a whole new world. Like you look at the podcast charts on on Apple Podcasts, and five years ago there wouldn't have been a single gambling podcast, and now there are literally a hundred of them and and so and that's good i mean like you want you want more content you want better content you want more informed content and uh, you know so i think right now it would be it's crazy to think that there's even any kind of ceiling on this given the, the, the cash flow involved
2: 100 percent, and i think the craft beer uh comparison is spot on with sports gambling that that was awesome comparison will um i'm drinking Craft beer right now. So. <laughs> well, 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 Tell us what you got. What do you got?
3: Uh, I'm drinking a Great Lakes Christmas Ale. I found it at Total Wine. Just came out for the first time. If you have not had it. It's awesome. It's like a. It's it's really cold in my in my office where I do like all my where I got my TV set up and I do all my podcasts and video and, sh- and stuff. So it's a nice it's a nice refreshing thick Christmas ale you know it's, 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 it's the holiday time I'm ready for some dark beer I'm usually an IPA guy but this is uh, from Great Lakes up in uh, Cleveland is a pretty good pretty good choice
2: all right excellent excellent stuff now going back just again to to gambling and betting you've been doing this for a while as you said you had the college bookie and all that type of stuff we always ask guests on the show really good bad beat stories really bad bad beat stories anything you could share
3: yeah, uh, I, I would say like my two least favorite beats of all time. Um, one was 2006 Chargers. I've always been a big Philip Rivers guy. with NC State thought that the 2006 Chargers were were one of the best teams, in, or if not the best team in football that year, they of course went 14 and two uh, under Marty Schottenheimer, steamrolled everybody. They get to the divisional round of the playoffs, and they are hosting the doing them Patriots, and they're up five-and-a-half-point favorites. Maybe – I feel like I got them at less than that. I feel like I bet them as soon as it came out. It it, it says – pro football reference says five, and I'm pretty sure I bet it at less than that. So I would need to – I need to go back and – it's been way too long. I did it on an old sportsbook.ag account that I still have but don't use anymore. And and the Chargers are up 21-13, and they are – they have the ball, and they are rolling. And I'm trying to think of who the the safety was – they basically they Bonnie pick Brady and then fumble the ball back somehow, and the Patriots get it. Brady hits Rashad Caldwell for a touchdown. Gaskowski kicks a field goal. Chargers lose. I may have bet the, Char- the, the the money line. I can't remember what it was, but I had a crap ton of it. It was my first ever like monster bet, like really <laughs> bet. You're out of you're out of college. You, and like I put a ton of money on the Chargers to win that game, and uh, and I remember like just got completely Patriots. and. I, I should have seen it coming, right? The Chargers are not going to beat the freaking fourteen-win Patriots or the twelve-win Patriots or whatever the hell they were. Uh, it was it was still it, it was late enough in the Patriots' run that I should have known that wasn't going to work out for me. Uh, and then the other one is let's see, Mike Glennon got drafted in two thousand thirteen. Yeah. NC State UNC. Basically, what happened is Mike Glennon has the ball and NC State's marching down the field and. It's in Carolina, and Mike Glennon's spinning it pretty good. And Tom O'Brien decides he's going to punt the ball. And he punts it to Gio Bernard with, like, no time left. We're thinking it's going to overtime. And at this point in time, NC State is a dog by seven and a half points, right? And the game is tied. So, like, worst case scenario, you're thinking, okay, you know, Carolina wins the game. We're going to overtime. Like this is, we're, Okay, worst case, we're going to lose here, and we're going to cover. We've got, got a seven and a half in our pocket. We're not going to get burned. So he punts the ball. Tommy Ryan punts the ball down the field to Gio Bernard. Gio Bernard catches it, and, like, we're all sitting out at the players' retreat in, in downtown Raleigh on Overland Street, and we're we're watching it, and you see it, like, within seconds. You know immediately this punt is going to the house. And Gio just takes it, and he just wheels it around, and he's just gone. And he springs into it and we're like, oh, my God, oh, my God, heart tripped out, disaster ending to this season, disaster ending to this game. Uh, it's a nightmare. But, you know what, at least we've got the spread. We're plus Plus seven and a half. They're gonna kick the extra point. They go out. They line up. The kicker botches the snap, and then he rolls around to the right and ends up throwing a dart into the end zone oh. to uh, to win by eight. And we're we'll plus seven
2: and a half. Oh, that, that, that's probably the worst bet. That is rough. It's funny you <laughs>
1: mentioned that uh, that Chargers Patriots game. I was living in L. A. at the time, and I was actually on that game too. Same situation. Oh, Big money. So who, who
3: was the who was the damn safety? I always forget. I, think, I always forget. I think it was Rodney, Rodney Harrison I, though I before he went to the memory. Patriots. No, 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 there's no, there's somebody on the Patriots who knocked the ball out. Oh, oh which, I thought you were talking like, Chargers. It was, and who? Somebody knocked the ball out, and I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can find it. But it, like, it's a perfectly Patriots play. It might have been Troy Brown, honestly, like out there, and he comes in, and he just knocks it out. God, I'm trying to think. Anyway, keep go ahead and ask me the next question. I'll look it up. And
1: right it. on, right on. Um, okay, you, you mentioned obviously you, you host the Pick Six podcast here on CBS Network. I know CBS at one point last season didn't they come out and say they weren't going to talk about point spreads on the broadcast? How does that how does that work? And with you having your show about sports gambling,
3: yeah, um, that that is true. Uh, oh, and by the way, I forgot. Nate, Ke- Nate Katie missed a fifty-four yard field goal, and at the end of that game, to tie it up and potentially yes. take it to overt- which the Chargers could have covered. Now, I'm, now I'm having <laughs> a. Now I'm now, Oh, uh, it was Marlon McCree. That's what it is. Marlon McCree. Oh, wow. Intercepted it. And Tom Brady's thrown to Troy Brown the Patriots the, the, the Chargers are up 21-13 or 21-14 or whatever Yeah, 21-13 two, because no, the Patriots got a 2-point conversion he throws it to Troy Brown Marlon McCree jumps it and he tries to run it back and Troy Brown comes in and knocks it out and then Ray Shea Caldwell recovers it and then catches the touchdown it's a br- brutal sequence and that all happened in the span of like 3 minutes Anyway, oh, oh my um, god
1: I remember that and I was confused for a second because wasn't Troy Brown playing some defense back then? <laughs>
3: Yeah, yeah, Troy Brown definitely played both ways. Yeah, and but he was out there because that 2016 was the team where, like, the two top wide receivers were Ray Shea Caldwell and Jabbar Gaffney. But they had no business beating a team with Vincent Jackson, Antonio Gates, Damian Thomas, and Phillip Rivers, a loaded defense with, like, Sean Merriman. And this is like, they were peak post. Like, all those dudes that they drafted, Nate Cading, who they drafted, the kicker in the, in the Eli trade, right? They got Merriman, right. and Rivers, and Nate Kading in the Eli trade. All those guys were peaking. They were the to the peak of their powers, and they lost that game. And since then, the Chargers have been absolute dog crap. God, I hate the Chargers.
2: Um, <laughs> and Brady threw three picks that game.
3: Yeah, Brady was terrible that game. Like, like you got it. Yeah, he was 200, 27 to 51 for 280 yards, two touchdowns, three picks, sacked twice. I mean, they, they, they had Corey Dillon, he ran eight times for 18 yards. Trevar Gaffney had 10 catches for 103 yards. God, this makes me nauseous. I mean, the team was loaded. <laughs> LT went twenty three of for 123 and two touchdowns. Like, how do you lose that game? If you look if you look at these stats and you would be like the Chargers won by twelve.
1: That's so funny. I vividly remember like just like, crying about that bad beat. That was it was a great game, but not a good uh, you know, turnout. <laughs> but
3: uh let's go yeah, back yes, C B S big C B S, the network you know, uh, Sean McManus was asked, I, I think, at, a, at the, the upfronts or whatever, you know, are you going to discuss gambling on the broadcast? And they said, no, we're not there yet. And that's – it's a different situation, I, I think. I mean, I, 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 this is my understanding of it. But it's a different situation on the, on the network broadcast of NFL games. They don't want uh, the announcers discussing it openly. It's a little bit different when we go digital in the podcast. You know, we're not uh, broadcasting on, uh, you know, an FCC-regulated – Situations is, is, is my best understanding. Hopefully me saying this doesn't get any trouble, but um, yeah, it's, it's a, you know, like the digital world is a little bit different and it's a little bit more Wild westy than than the actual broadcast uh, setup. And so I think that is probably why. And CBS, I think, and I, and I, I, like, I like this about us, that it tends to be, a, CBS tends to be a little bit more uh, buttoned up and uh, conservative in terms of how it approaches things from the broadcast perspective. And I think it's good. It's like the Tiffany network, right? Like that's just how they take it. And so uh, they're probably not going to dive head, you know, we're not going to dive head first into that from a network perspective is, is my best understanding of it.
2: Yeah, that's, that's great insight uh, into that question, Will. And uh, you know, just to get again, back to gambling real quick, uh, what's one of the best things you've ever learned? Just, you know, trial and error from doing it for so long, anything you could pass along to somebody that's maybe just starting out or, you know, wants to get better.
3: Yeah, be better at bankroll management than I am. Don't bet against Lamar Jackson. Don't bet against Russell Wilson <laughs> in prime time. No, nah, nah, I, uh, I think that a lot of times, especially when it comes to like, – one thing to understand is that if you're betting on the NFL, you shouldn't be betting thinking that you're going to dominate and win because like, if, you, if, you're, if you're like, I'm going to bet on the NFL and I'm going to crush it, um, I think it's probably best to identify one to two – two or three games that you really like, maybe five games max. I mean, look at the Super Contest you know, you're, you're not going to win by betting on all 16 games a week, right? Like, you're, you're just not going to. You know, if you, if you go in a 16-game week, if you manage to go 12-4, and four, that's kind of a miracle and you had a monster week. And so if you're betting those long-term, you know, eventually the juice is going to catch up to you. You should try to identify spots that you think are really good situational plays. You shouldn't go all in on every single, um, you, know, you know, on every single game. I think it's, I think it's easy to spread yourself thin. I get, I'm guilty of this, too. Uh, I think props are a really good spot to attack if you're if you're first starting out, they're you know lower limits, but you can you know if you're not a big better, I love betting props. You know you can go and you can go and look at these player props and you can find some serious edges there in terms of and you know they don't always win, but like you can go and and look at like, uh, well, I was say, what I lose on Monday? Uh, Gerald Everett's over. Three receptions and it should have hit. The, the Rams just offense just went to crap. But like Lamar Jackson's rushing yards crushed, right? And um, you know every week it's you know his rushing yards just set at like 55, and every week he just crushes it, or whatever it is. So you know there, there are different ways I think you can attack the game. And you can I thought the the Jets hosting the Raiders as a dog was a great spot. I mean the Raiders are looking ahead to the Chiefs. You know you have. An offense that's you know coming in the Raiders that people respect. They're favored on the road. The Raiders should be favored on the road in the East Coast. And the the Jets are great against the run. And the Raiders really have to run to be good because Derek Carr doesn't stretch the field. I mean, I think those sort of spots you have to look at and say, okay, this is a spot I can really attack. Um, and then college football, you know, you can get a jump on totals uh, a little bit earlier than usual. You know, if you if you if you spot you know, teams that you don't think will score a lot, or, you know, there's probably bad weather, especially late in the year. Heavy wind is always indicative of a, of a low total. I think those are good spots to attack too. So, um, I I would say good bankroll management laser in on a couple of games. And, uh, and, and, and other things that I typically don't do as well as I should.
1: <laughs> you guys heard it here first on the Wager Pager podcast. Bankroll management and spot play from Will Brinson. You can follow him on Twitter, at Will Brinson. You just mentioned the Baltimore Ravens. I was on that Monday night game, too. I still believe that was the sharp side. I would bet it again next week if I had to. You know, these plays don't always work out in your favor, but you got to look for that closing line value, right? But speaking of the Baltimore Ravens, I heard your podcast this morning, and you guys were talking about that analytics whiz kid that they have up in the booth, that twenty-five year old kid. What do you know about that? Tell our audience a little bit about that.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, what the Ravens have really done, and it's not just one analytics guy. I mean, they they've done this across the board with this team, I and mean, they have they have brought in analytics guys from a roster perspective, from an in-game perspective, all different ways to improve an attack. and And you got to credit, uh, you know, John Harbaugh. He has absolutely embraced it, and. Uh, you know, he, he believes that it, he believes that it'll, it'll help his team. He believes it makes his team better. He believes it gives his team a a chance to attack, uh, more aggressively in certain situations, um, to go for it on fourth down. And then, you know, one of the things we talked about on the podcast too, was that, you know, this was, I think this was mentioned, unless somebody told me this. The free agency
1: stuff. Is that what you're talking about?
3: Yeah, like when they went and signed Mark Ingram because he's great at it. I I am just trying to remember where I heard it from or whether I maybe I read it somewhere or maybe I just maybe maybe somebody maybe somebody like around the Ravens told me and I just sort of <laughs> I forgot that they told me and I just sort of ran with it as my own idea. I can't remember what it was, but at any rate they, they recognized that they would be they built an ecosystem around Lamar Jackson and they said, Okay, we need to have a great offensive line, they did that. We need to have these tight ends who can run routes but they're also great run blockers. We need to do that. We need to have Greg Roman as our offensive coordinator, a guy who will emphasize Lamar Jackson's strength. They did that. And they also went out uh, and signed Mark Ingram. They drafted Justice Hill. They had Gus Edwards. All three of those guys pop from an analytical perspective in terms of being great shotgun runners and so you can put them in the pistol you can put them in gun you can run them like that they operate with you can make them a double threat with lamar jackson and you force defenses you're stretching them not just vertically but you're stretching them horizontally and so all of those things really play into it so not only you have a you know a, a group of analytical guys giving you input on maybe who to draft and how to fill out a roster um but you also have an analytical guy up in the booth saying hey coach this is a great spot to go for it on fourth down and john harbaugh is embracing it and attacking you know these spots in a big in a in an unusually aggressive way that makes a ton of sense. I mean analytics have been preaching this for you know like five or ten years now and just most people wouldn't do it because when you're like A to, to be aggressive like that you have to have job security. That's that's paramount in the NFL. Because most coaches are conservative. If you don't get calls like that, it gets second guessed. Now it doesn't get second-guessed as much anymore. But five or ten years ago, if you were going for it on fourth down, and Kevin Clark wrote a great piece about this, but, you know, if you were going for it on you know fourth and short at, at midfield, people were freaking out. They're Like, well, is, what is this little doing? You got a punt and, <laughs> and, and play field position and go. You know, I mean, like people get angry, and, and the, the owners would read the stuff, and the GMs would read the stuff, and they and it would just end up poorly for you. So I think it, now. John Harbaugh has jumped ahead of the curve and said, I'm going to embrace all this. I'm going to approach this as an attacking style. We're not going to be scared. And it's it's working out quite well uh, for the Ravens because they have the personnel to do those things. But the key is to, like, blend. you got to blend your, your analytics department and your coaching staff. They all have to work together. It can't just be analytics guys yelling at coaches and coaches yelling at analytics guys and saying, get off my lawn, nerd. Um, it's got to be, like, a, a legitimate <laughs> – Uh, Cohesive, everybody row the boat together approach. That's how good NFL teams work. They have the front office, the coaching staff, the players, management, ownership, everybody rowing, working together in sync. And a lot of times you don't see that, but uh, we are certainly seeing that from the Ravens this year.
1: Tremendous stuff, Will. I I really love that uh, good old boy Southern accent you went into when you're describing like old school (laughs) traditional methods.
3: (laughs) But uh, that's my go to.
1: Right on, dude. Um, So before we let you go here, let's get a couple quick thoughts on the big games coming up this week. Um, Let's ask you about the the Thursday Thanksgiving games. Anything uh, that you're looking at in the Bears-Lions game? The Bears currently favored by three points.
3: Yeah, I mean, I would say if you like the Bears, you should go ahead and take them because uh, it sounds like Jeff Driscoll is going to be out. Um, If he is out, that line will probably move to four, maybe four and a half. Uh, I don't know if I love the Lions. I love the Bears at three. I do like the under in that game. It is uh, 38 and a half to 39. I would I think the under is a great spot to take there. I got a bit a money line parlay with the Cowboys, uh, Saints, and Chiefs, which pays out like plus 112. I think it's a pretty good value. I tend to like the under in the the Saints game as well, although it was 51 when it opened. Now it's down like 48 and a half, so that's not not obviously not quite as good, but still, you know, I I still think those are games that tend to go under, um, especially late. You know, they have a combination of late Thanksgiving games. Everybody's a little you know lethargic after all the turkey, and uh, and the Saints the Saints uh, Falcons games just are a lot lower scoring than people think they should be based on the teams involved. So uh, I, I like that spot as well, and I think I lean towards the Cowboys it's such a public play that it kind of scares me, but uh, the bill and the Cowboys have been bad against the spread at home on Thanksgiving, but the bills give up a ton of explosive runs are like fourth uh, in the fourth worst in the NFL in terms of defensive explosive play prevention. And uh, I think Dallas can get it going in the run game and win that game kind of easily.
2: All right, there you have it Will with uh, some Thanksgiving thoughts uh here for the uh the games on on Thursday. And uh you know, hate to go back into the Ravens discussion again, you Will, but they've got a huge game now against the San Francisco 49ers. Any thoughts on that game Sunday?
3: Yeah, I mean, I would take the 49ers for sure at plus 6. I mean, is it plus 6 now? That's what yeah. we said on our uh, on our show earlier. Yeah, yeah here um, in New Jersey, it's 6 I, right now. That's too much. I mean, look, I know the Ravens are awesome and do 't get me the Ravens are going to score they're going to put up points and the 49ers Rusty is not that great they have the talent on that defensive line though to to at least mitigate some of the damage that I think the um that I think the the Ravens can do in the run game and I, Kyle Shanahan's a good enough play caller where he's going to get that run game going for the 49ers you can run on the Ravens I thought the Rams were able to run a little bit on them they just couldn't get it going their defense couldn't stop Baltimore enough they made it one-dimensional I don't think San Francisco will get one-dimensional I sort of like San Francisco on the money line. It's an upset, but I'll definitely take the six points.
1: Yeah, Brock Landers is on that too. All right, guys, that was Will Brinson, the senior NFL writer for CBS Sports. You can follow Will on Twitter, at Will Brinson, and catch him daily on the Pick 6 podcast wherever you download your podcast. Will, thanks for joining us, man. We hope to have you back again on the show soon.
3: You guys got it, man. Have a great uh, Have a great Thanksgiving, and uh, enjoy, uh, enjoy your evening.
2: All right, thanks. You too, Will.
1: All right, guys, it's time for our weekly pick segment. There's nothing too frisky going on on Friday night this week, so we're going to skip over that, but uh, we'll get right
2: into it. Brock, what are you looking at on the college football slate? Chris, so far the only college game as we record this here on Tuesday evening. Usually we do the show Wednesday evening, but because of Thanksgiving, we got it uh, out of the way today on Tuesday. So, so far into this week, Chris, I've only made one college football wager. And uh, this game is going to be played Saturday at four o'clock. It's the UAB Blazers taking on the North Texas Mean Green. Uh, this game again four o'clock. Game number four two one four two two. Uh, this was an interesting line today that I saw a major line move on. Actually, uh, this thing opened up basically uh, one minus one in favor of North Texas. Uh, I came here probably around three thirty four o'clock. That line already skyrocketed the other way to UAB minus 2.5. So when you see a line go from, you know, minus 1 and now the – opening dog goes to the favorite and especially that much of a line move you've got to respect it I've got to lay the minus two and a half here on the road with UAB I'm not sure if any jersey books are very slow to move but you still might find a couple you know lesser numbers out there but I'm just respecting the line move obviously at this point if that thing is three or more uh, by the time you you listen to this and you're going to play it on Saturday then you might have to look only to North Texas at that point Uh, but just from today as of doing this show. Give me the UAB Blazers minus two and a half.
1: The Blazers, huh? I'll be doing some blazing after Thanksgiving dinner on Thursday. Whoa. <laughs> Moving into my next pick here. First pick here, I should say. I'm going with the Washington State Cougars. This is a Friday night game, so I, technically this is kind of a frisky Fridays, I guess. I think it qualifies. <laughs> and
2: hey, there's nothing wrong with some Cougars, man.
1: Hey, the Washington State Cougars. Nothing wrong with a cougar every once in a while. To really, you know, the cougars have the experience, the cougars know what they're doing on the field and under the sheets. This is a rivalry game in Rivalry Week. I'm a huge Mike Leach guy. I don't think we've talked about it on the pod yet, but our friends over at Sports Gambling Podcast, Ryan Kramer, Sean Green, and Kobe Dent, have a relationship with the Washington State Cougars and Coach Mike Leach. They invited them up last week. They were on the sidelines. They were in the press box. They, they were actually at the, at the table at the press conference snapping picks. Awesome stuff, guys. Definitely check them out, friends of the pod, sports gambling podcast. But yes, I'm going with the Cougars. I've been fading the Huskies all year long. These guys out there in Washington, they have this thing they do. They call it sailgating, and it's funny. We found out Bubba from uh, Picks from the Yard actually did some sailgating last season.
2: It's, wow, that's really what they call. I was shocked when I heard you say. I was like sailgating. They go out on their boats like a bunch of yuppies hey. and drink White Claws before uh. the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll do it, man. Once you said White Claw, I'm not, I'm not surprised.
1: <laughs> not my type of scene, man. And I love quarterback Anthony Gordon. I think he's a future NFL player, probably like a second, third round pick. And he might be playing for your local team someday in the future. Give me the Washington State Cougars plus seven and a half touchdown and the hook.
2: Very nice, Chris. Again, at all I have so far as of Tuesday here. It's still very early in the week. No, no other college plays for me. If I like something, you could follow me at Brocklanders41 on Twitter. Uh, I might have a, a move that comes in or something that I'll play and and post. Um, since we're going to stay with college football, anything else you want to give the listeners here for college football?
1: I got two more games here on the slate. You guys are listening to the Wager Pager podcast, and uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Wager Pager Chris. My next play here on the board is I'm going with Texas A&M plus 17. That is a lot of points in this uh, pseudo-rivalry game. I don't know. They do it on rivalry week, but they're not technically the biggest rivals. This is too many points, man. This is a situational play for me here because LSU could be looking ahead to the SEC championship game next week. Joe Burrow has been on fire all year long. There has to be some sort of regression in the market with his play, no? I mean, can he have a halfway decent game? I like that the Aggies to cover here, man. Plus 17, 7 p.m. kickoff Saturday night.
2: All right, Chris, going with a uh, Texas dog there. And uh, what's your final? My
1: final play is something that if you're here in New Jersey, you're going to have to go offshore or maybe travel over to Pennsylvania to get it in because I'm going with the under in the Rutgers game. Rutgers-Penn State, under 49. Everybody in the world is on the over, and I know why they're on the over, but I have to go contrarian, and I have to go the other way. You know, Penn State's a classy place, Brock, real classy. So, uh I don't think they're going to try to run up the score on them. I don't see Rutgers scoring more than six points in this game, to be honest. Give me the under 49 in the Rutgers-Penn State game, 3.30 p.m. kickoff. All right, that's it for
2: college football this week. Let's move over to the National Football League. What are you looking at, Brock? Well, Chris, I'll be honest with you. I don't like any of these Thanksgiving games. I hate betting Thursday games either way. So, again, now you're, you're putting three of them on, on tap for me there. So, I usually... Don't dabble too much into the, the Thanksgiving games. Um, but we're going to go to Sunday. Those yep. are public games, too, so it's probably, exactly. probably a good decision. Yeah, the <laughs> favorites are all going to be you know a little overinflated, and so are the totals. Everyone's going to want to bet the over. So if anything, I'll look to the unders maybe. I'll look to some dogs. Um, but pretty much I'm going to go to the Sunday card here And the first game that I like, and I already bet this one, and as of doing the show right now, Tuesday night, there are still some tens out there. We're going to go to Miami. We're going to go to game number 459, 460. That's a one o'clock game. You've got the Philadelphia Eagles. Going down to South Florida, going to be about 82 degrees, down to Miami Gardens, and hey, a lot of people are going to go, you know what, this is a really good spot for the Eagles to get right. They get Get to go south, and you know they're coming off that bad loss last week against Seattle, and seriously, that was a terrible game. Seattle should have won that game by like 30 points. They had a lot of drop passes in the end zone, and I saw nothing out of Philly that tells me that they're going to get right this week uh, in Miami. Bottom line is... Philly right now is really banged up. We're not sure if Alshon Jeffrey's is going to play this week again, and I just don't know where the offense is going to come from. Granted, maybe the defense does something, but I haven't been impressed with the Philadelphia defense all year. And one thing that I saw this week, Chris, we're now into, uh, this is week 13, the Miami Dolphins, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and company are playing their hearts out. Yeah. I mean, they were down very, very quickly last week in Cleveland, which I was a little surprised about. 21 nothing. I think, right out of the gate. They came out in the second half, put some points on the board. Fitzpatrick was laughing, diving headfirst into the end zone, getting destroyed by Browns defenders. Uh, I mean... You know, this is a team that is still showing up to play. I'm not sure what they're playing for, maybe jobs for next year. Maybe Flores has finally gotten through to these guys and they want to be there for next year. But I see something in this Dolphins team that tells me that they're going to show up Sunday and at least give the Eagles a fight. And I just don't know how the Eagles are going to cover it. And historically so far this year, you look at the Eagles, they opened up this season in Washington for Game 1 laying 10 points. They escaped that game with a a five-point win, and that was against a division rival. And then you look at the other points in the calendar where they were road favorites. uh, Lost to Atlanta. They were laying one. Uh, This is a team that I just don't feel comfortable laying points with right now, and Carson Wentz has still looked like he is not 100%. Give me the Miami Dolphins plus 10 on Sunday. Tremendous stuff, as usual, from Brock Landers. You guys can follow him
1: on Twitter, at BrockLanders41. I'm a little nervous about this next pick because I know you're on the other side because we just recorded that other show earlier. But I, I like the Jets. I'm 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 buying into the hype. I okay. think they have a chance. I just I just I think they've got something going the past three weeks. And and Cincinnati's horrible. But I, I mean I understand it's it's a value play on the dog. But I I just think that the Jets can get it done, man. I don't know why. I just have a feeling here. This is more of a gut handicap. I'm, I'm, I'm a Jets fan, light Giants fans for Jets fans. You know, like. Give me the Jets here, man. I'm going to take a chance on this one. Jets minus 3.5
2: plus 105 here in New Jersey at points bet. Chris, I, I mean, it's not that I have anything wrong with the pick at all. Just from a strictly numbers standpoint, you're getting the home dog with the hook, three and a half, and you're asking the Jets now to lay points after what we just saw the last three weeks. Everyone sees three wins in a row. They looked really good last week against the Raiders, but that was a great spot. I was on the Jets last week. Uh, Loved that game for them. Um, But now they're asked to lay three and a half on the road. And like I said, Cincy, they're looking for their first win. They just went back to Dalton, which is interesting to me. I think that really shows, hey, we can't friggin' finish this year without a win, especially at home. Uh, It's Zach Taylor's first year head coach. He's trying to change culture there. You pretty much probably locked in at this point, I would assume, to the number one pick unless uh, they you know, start winning games and Miami starts losing again or something like that. But I just think it's a good spot uh, for Cincy to hopefully get back on the right page. And last week, Cincy looked great, too. I mean, they had every opportunity to beat Pittsburgh last week, and they couldn't get it done. They still covered the spread. It closed five and a half some places, even six. Um, so I think, I think Cincy's going to give an all-out effort Uh, again this week, and they might catch a a good Jets team uh, just at the right time. The stock is high, and historically so far this year, the Jets as a favorite, not a good proposition.
1: All right, yeah, um, I'm gonna tread lightly on this one, maybe only a half unit there. Um, back to Dalton, you mentioned, I don't know. is that a good thing or a bad thing?
2: Yeah, I was gonna say he could throw a pick six and you could be coming in here next week and laughing at me going, yeah, oh, what, I what would you never saw there. I
1: would never do that, Brock. I have one game left in the NFL here. Okay. Um, I'm, I, as we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, I'm kind of scaling back my NFL plays, focusing a little more on college college basketball and uh, NBA totals as you should. But uh, I'm going to the Monday night game. Okay, I'm interested to see what this one is. I'm going to the Monday night game, dude. I love the Minnesota Vikings. Nice. Plus three on the road. Seattle is, I think, a little bit uh, blown up. I think um, they're not as good as people think they are. Um, The the Russell Wilson hype and his MVP candidacy and stuff like that – I just don't think they're as good as their record shows. And the Vikings are creeping in the in the grass these, this whole year. No one's talking about the Vikings. Everyone loves to bash Kirk Cousins. I get it. But actually, this year, he's playing pretty good. Give me the Vikings. Road dog, Monday night, plus three.
2: Yeah, Chris, I had a strong, strong lean to that game so far with, uh, with Minnesota. And uh, I think you're right. You touched on a lot of good stuff there. Also, too... Uh, you know, I always try to look for a team that comes off of a road victory. Now, I know they beat Philly last week, Seattle. But, you know, coming off of a road win in a, in a hostile environment, I don't care if Philly's good or not, you're playing against the crowd when you're there. Um, and now you're going to come home, play a really good team on a prime time game. Uh, I think it's a great spot for the Vikings. And another thing I want to bring up about the Vikings I might try to place a, a future on this team right now to win it all. I think they're the team in in the uh, the NFC that no one's talking about. Yep. yep. Uh, they've got eight wins already. Uh, them and Green Bay tied right now, division lead. And let's take a look at who the Vikings have after Seattle. They play the Lions, who are going to be probably down to a second, third string quarterback. Win. Yep. They play a uh, road Sunday night game against the Chargers, which we know there's no home field there for the Chargers, and who knows what's going to happen with the Chargers by then. Win. They have a Monday night game the following week, which is going to be a tough spot, against those Green Bay Packers we just mentioned. But the Vikings are home. And then they end up... Win. They end up playing Chicago Week 17. So... Win. I think the Vikings are a team flying under the radar here. I know Kirk Cousins on primetime, not the greatest thing to do, but I back you 100% here on that Vikings pick.
1: Yeah, I'm a big Saints guy. I got some uh, futures money out there in the market on the Saints, but I might try to hedge that and uh, put in some a uh, little extra ticket on the Vikings there. It might be a wager-pager podcast play. Maybe we'll, we'll split like
2: something it. 50-50. I like it. We could reference this episode when we cash the ticket.
1: Anything left on the board in the NFL?
2: Yeah, Chris, I'm going to give you just one quick game, real quick, that I like, and then I have another one with maybe a little bit more of a deeper analysis, but again, I'm going to try to wrap this up as quickly as I can. Let's just take a real quick look at uh, the San Francisco 49ers. They're going to be going to Baltimore this week. Baltimore just came off the Monday night primetime game. Huge game. All of America watched that. Lamar Jackson's the real deal. However, this line shot up from four to six in the matter of the last 24 hours here so you're getting to a point where you're getting the public perception at an all-time high and who knows the Ravens could steamroll everybody here from the way on out it seems that there was always a team like that as we mentioned but I think at this point Baltimore they're going to be having a really tough time against the uh the San Francisco 49ers defense this week so anything San Fran plus six I like it a lot. And then my last game, Chris, we're going to go to. Let's go to the, uh, the AFC West divisional game this week. Kansas City, Oakland. The game's going to be played in Arrowhead. Uh, however, what did we just see? We just saw Oakland stock high, rattled off a bunch of wins. They went on the road as a favorite against the Jets. They got demolished. Not a good game. I think they were looking ahead to this Kansas City game. This is a huge game for the division. The Raiders are still technically in the playoff uh, chase right now. I think you're going to get a full-on, this is their Super Bowl-type effort from uh, Oakland and Gruden this week. And the other thing to factor in here, everybody in the world knows all about the Andy Reid off of a bye stat.
1: Uh, It's the most over-talked, tired trend out there. And
2: if you ask me, that's baked into this line. Uh, It opened up, I think, at around 8-ish, 8.5 I saw It's up to 10 right now, double digits, double digit, division dog, and also, too, Casey. last time we saw them, they were in Mexico, so who knows how they come out of this game uh, from two weeks ago. They could sleepwalk through the first half, keep it close, Uh, Oakland plus 10, that's my last pick for this week.
1: Yeah, man, going down to Mexico, I can give you definitely a couple,
2: (laughs) multiple week hangover. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, guys, that just about wraps it up for this week's edition of the Wager Pager Podcast. It's a wonderful weekend. Get out there, visit these sports books, download the apps, beat those lines, cash some tickets, get pumped. Get psyched. It's the Wager Pager Podcast.
1: That's it for Season 2, Episode 15. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there listening. Special thanks to our guest, Will Brinson. Thanks to my co-host, Brock Landers. And of course, thanks to the guys here at Van Bores Films. And as always, good luck, happy handicapping, and may the gambling gods look gracefully down upon you.
0: Thanks for listening, guys. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Don't forget to leave us a review. And please tell all your friends about the Wager Pager podcast. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Wager Pager. Also, if you or a loved one has a gambling addiction, don't be scared to seek help. You can contact the National Council on Problem Gambling at 1-800-522-4700. They're open 24 hours a day and all calls and text messages are confidential. The Wager Pager podcast is co hosted by Chris Rogers and Brock Landers. Executive produced by Van Voorst Films. Edited by Van Voorst Films. Co produced by Chris Rogers and Brock Landers. Created by Chris Rogers and Mercedes Barba. Music by The Morose Project. Produced and written at San Francisco Music Studios. Logo designed by John Carbonella. All picks are for entertainment purposes only. These plays are not financial advice.